It's time to play the show. The bell has rung, and that big show might be over. But it's time for us to bring wrestling information you can enjoy with the match predictions, analysis, the ups and downs of professional wrestling, all reaction, some beverage drinking to bring you logic on tap with your good brothers. It's time for you to look into the eyes of Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder on Beer, Blues, and BS. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special wrestling review episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. The podcast that I'd like to point out that Money in a Bank is a stupid title for a pay-per-view because there is no money. It does not take place in a bank, and it's a briefcase. Yep, none of this makes sense. Uh, and with that, I am your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the poor bastard who had to suffer through this pay-per-view, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, I'm glad to see you're still alive. How are you doing? Whoo, dog. I made it. Uh, thankfully, this crap is only three hours long. This show, uh, this is in our show will be significantly shorter, so I won't have to suffer through the PTSD for it as well. As always, well, maybe not always, but as always, as often as we can, we watch it. Usually, I watch it. So then you don't have to. <laughs> when we tell you the moments that you can go find on uh, social media or something. But <clears throat> aside from that, Howie Blues, how you doing? Uh, you know... I'm doing all right. And Kidder, I I mean, I, it seems like I'm picking on Money in the Bank, but Money in the Bank is my least favorite pay-per-view of the year. It's not the match. I like the match. It's like, for some reason, though, everything else that they put on this card is always terrible. Yep. I think the only like non-Money in the Bank match I have ever enjoyed was there was one, and I can't remember which year uh cm punk versus brian danielson that was an amazing match you know great i loved that one but otherwise yeah money in the bank it's uh plus i get tired of uh as the guy who keeps the spreadsheet having to then put in after this like do they cash in you know that question on our spreadsheet until they cash in the money in the bank it gets a little tiresome mm-hmm. yeah and and that was uh, obviously in my message with the card for tonight. That was one question that I left out for both of us, just because it's a kind of a pain. But we can discuss that as we continue. But we must drink before we get into this. Howard Blues, what do you have on tap as it is our thing on Beer, Blues, and BS? I'm drinking an IPA. That's right. Uh, it's one of the Lining Kugel's Lemon Haze IPAs that's been kind of been my sacrificial for a while. Um, it's kind of like I was down kidder to sacrificials and podcast beer. And uh, as anybody knows who watches these wrestling reviews, I tend to uh, always settle on something I've had before uh, for what's on tap here and save uh, the really good stuff for the podcast. So if you haven't ever checked in a regular episode of beer, blues and BS, 
tune in to watch uh, myself and Kidder at times drink some very interesting, very crazy, and sometimes very terrible beers. Um, it's one of the best parts of the show. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, yep, I've had this before. Um, not much to say on it. Lion Kugel's Lemonade's IPA is a deliciously balanced, hazy IPA that brings together notes of juicy lemons with the citrusy bitterness of American and German hops. Enjoy our bright, citrusy, refreshing Lemon Haze IPA all year long. The Lion and Kugel family, uh, 4.9% alcohol by volume. And uh, in case you have forgotten this, faithful viewers, this beer sucks. And unfortunately, I bought like a 12-pack of it, and um, I'm almost done with it. Almost. So, Kidder, what do you got? I just had to wait until you tasted it to make sure it still sucked. It still sucks. Okay, good. It's an appropriate beer for this pay-per-view. Tonight, uh, I uh, am bringing a beverage that I have had before on the show as well. But this one does not suck. If you like, the, and of course, I say this with a grain of salt because it is a pre-mixed beverage. You know, a can, so it has vodka and flavoring. If you're into that, or if you just need a quick beverage, this one is not too bad. It is the Dogfish Head Distilling Company's Strawberry and Honeyberry Vodka Lemonade. They say that it is still scratch-made vodka with natural flavors added. It is 7% alcohol by volume, a 355 milliliter can, so they can't even give you a full 12 ounces of it but this scratch cocktail is inspired by visits to our friends honeyberry farm in coastal maine we first distill our vodka with honeyberries then macerate with strawberries and blend with our house-made lemonade the triangulation of these three complementary flavors uh, fruits that is makes for a cocktail of unparalleled distinction the uh, Dogfish Head Distilling Company was established in 2002, and uh, they are in Delaware with uh, agreements in Tennessee and Wisconsin with the Boston Beer Company. So apparently they're all over the place. Uh, it's ready to drink. It's got the alcohol in it. So that's one of the uh, pluses for picking that up in the store. Also, we're moments away from having a severe thunderstorm roll through. So this is going to be a stupendous money in the bank premium live event. Because even though you can't see it, we'll have uh, maybe a little bit of uh, firework action happening in the background. As for me, windows over there. But maybe Howard, we can see the glimpse to the outside in the little tiny square window over his left shoulder. So let's get on with this show. The first thing I want to mention, I always love, say that with an asterisk, love the opening videos. Tonight, it was really cool, and it was boring at the same time. They had fireworks shots for Independence Day with uh, the Money in the Bank logo, the WWE title logo, which, of course, could be any of the belts now because they all look almost the same. 
as in the main championship belt. Uh, so I give that a 60, 60% on the open. The graphics overall for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view have always been fantastic. The green, yellow, silver, the transitions. I really enjoy it. And the lower thirds this year has the briefcase popping up like this. And then their name is kind of on a gold bar or at least a going glowing gold area. So not too bad. But <clears throat> alas, we must make it through the actual damn pay-per-view. So it, before you get going, I remember. Oh, you had, I said I had a, I have a proposition for you, kidder. Um, oh boy. For those who don't know, or if this is your first time tuning in, Kidder and I always uh, make predictions about who uh, is going to win each match. With the recent events of me now having a second kid and making it harder for us to get together for this and for me to catch the shows, uh, I've been doing my predictions live on the show. And uh, Kidder, of course, always sends me his so that it's completely locked in and there's no cheating. Because if you're having to cheat at this game... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would be as bad as the production team at WWE. Yeah, but uh, Kidder writing team, writing yeah. team. Uh, I, I have something here. And uh, let me ask you this oh, without gosh. giving anything away. How do you feel you did tonight? Prediction wise? I, th I think I did. All right. You think you did all right? Because here's yeah. what I here's what I'm offering Kidder to to make this a little spicy because we always joke that this is for bragging rights. Uh, not the pay -per -view. Yeah, not the pay-per-view. We do not actually get control of bragging rights. You just get bragging rights. Uh, my sister-in-law was here, and uh, she gave me something. Uh -huh. And I said, I am so going to use this. Kidder, are you willing to wager on this round of predictions? And the loser, whoever fails, will get to drink this lovely, uh, brand new to the market, White Claw Iced Tea. Lemon-flavored. Uh, uh, it's like a terrible Arnold Palmer that got drained through a sewer and filtered across two lemon peels and then thrown into hell with television static. Uh, yes, I will take that bet. All right. That's good. I had a backup in case you didn't take the bet. Um, Oh, why you Just were actually gonna drink that willingly? Uh, no, I was gonna give it back to uh, to my sister in law if you said no. Uh, the second thing was I had managed with this pay per view kidder to not see anything. I don't know who was on the card except for the one text you sent me about Austin Theory being added to the match. I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. I couldn't tell you how many matches were on the card. I couldn't tell you what was being competed. I couldn't tell you who was competing for that. And uh, I was going to say uh, if if you didn't take that bet um that i was willing to do predictions where you just told me the match to say like it's a singles match in the you know men's division and i would have had to pick a winner without knowing who's in the match oh i was gonna do that fun. for the whole pay-per-view but uh now that there's something on the line um <laughs> no. i mean that seems kind of fun too <laughs> I, you know what that might be what we do for SummerSlam. i might try to oh. avoid anything for SummerSlam, and uh, I might try to go through SummerSlam uh, that way, just trying to predict, because that's going to just be terrible, and you know what? 
I'm all for it. So you didn't even see my text with the match card on it. I scrolled right past it, man. Mm. I just went, nope, not looking at this. Not okay. going to because I wanted that backup in case you uh, weren't willing to oh. possibly mm -hmm. have to drink a White Claw on the show. Okay. Well, how about this? We we still kind of throw it out there because we know there's, there's zero, zero in the manner of you knowing what's going on with this. So let's start it out. The first match, 16 minutes, 35 seconds. There is also seven matches on the show tonight. This is the women's money in the bank ladder match. Howard Blues, your pick. Asuka. Okay, good choice. She is in the match. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so you're on you're on the board, I guess, in, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> well, we'll make a note about this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You need a second second piece of paper. Se second column of uh here, second score. How many of these does Howard get blindly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In yeah, good times. Okay, the contestants in this match include Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi. Uh, for the record, I picked Liv Morgan on this match. Now, are you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Okay. <sighs> so, <clears throat> interestingly enough, this match had a lot of start and stop moments. Back and forth. There's good moments, some bad moments, some botches, eh. disjointed. There's inexperience. Uh, even I would say that uh, some of the wrestlers hadn't really interacted with each other as much in preparation leading up to this match. So it, it kind of hindered the quality of the match. I mean, you could tell the people who had never been in the type of match before, like Shotzi and Raquel Rodriguez, even with Lacey Evans. <laughs> um, either way, it was okay for an opening match on the show. Um, basically, I'd say that it was a fair match. Not great, not terrible. Uh, at one point, Ra uh, Raquel Rodriguez took Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan over with the suplex onto the ladder in a really painful looking spot. Uh, Lacey Evans, I don't know what they're doing with her character because she's like, a heel, but she's also a face and it kind of her music is different and it sucks more than what her other stuff, I, I, whatever. Uh, there's also a promo, uh, several promos and, uh, she'd been featured on SmackDown and raw and a promo type of thing. And the crowd was booing her. 
So great for Lacey Evans. Uh, Liv Morgan at one point delivered a sunset flip powerbomb from the top of the ladder onto Evans, which was really one of the best points of this match. Very good spot there. Uh, Shotzi and Alexa Bliss had, I, I shudder at this. Uh, it was really a bad spot. Uh, one of the ladders didn't work with them. So the ladder ended up crashing into their back and hip first. Well, they landed and it looked awful. A Becky era, uh, Alexa bliss ended up rolling out of the mat, the, uh, ring and uh hopefully she's okay but i mean you could see her like scream or say something like damn it (laughs) and then hit the uh hit the mat with her hand uh one cool other spot top of the ladder leg drop from becky lynch onto oscar who was uh sprawled on uh another one of the participants they went through the ladder which, unfortunately, as you think that it goes through the ladder, well, it did not break. So that, again, hurt <laughs> even more, right? <clears throat> uh, another spot in this, Becky Lynch end up throwing Shotzi, Raquel Rodriguez, and Lacey Evans, and Alexa Bliss off the ladder. But as she reached for the briefcase to try and capture it, Liv Morgan cut her off in what would be a great and dramatic finish as Becky Lynch pushed the ladder off to the side and it went like this against the ropes. Liv shoved off with her uh, leg and ended up standing the ladder back up, kicking Becky Lynch off, grabbing the briefcase, unlatching it from the hook and securing the women's money in the bank briefcase. Ending that match again in 16 minutes, 35 seconds. Um, Yeah, that sounds like a lot of really bad, painful spots and such. But it sounds like that finish was pretty cool with Liv Morgan. Um, I might have to just check that part out because, yeah, that sounds like that was quite the feat to bounce that ladder back up and do that. And, if you know, an original spot. I haven't seen that before. So kudos to that. That's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next match. I don't know how I should do, do this. It is a singles match for a title. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know how far, how much info you want me to give. Uh, I think you can give me, well, gosh, if you, Give me the Give, if title. I, Thigh, uh-huh. Then I would know kind of who. Um, I'm guessing it's men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Well, okay. It can't be the intercontinental title because, you know. That really doesn't exist. Exactly. Um, you know, especially with Ricochet living, you know, behind your uh, chair back there. Um, He's not even the champ anymore. It's the German guy. Oh, Walter. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Whatever his fake name and his manager that they had to change his name a second time because he was found to have the same uh, ring name as a Nazi collaborator. Oh yeah, Gunther is what they are calling him now. He 
Yeah. Did used to wrestle under the name Walter. Now they switched him to Okay, but we're getting uh, off track. So it's not Intercontinental. So it's the U.S. title. Who's got the U.S. title? Um, Kidder's trying to give me a hint. Um, He's a really big douche. Well, that doesn't help. (laughs) This might be the Um, first and last time we play this game. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know what? Gosh, it seems like Lashley's in somewhere with that title. So we'll go with Lashley. Okay. Yes. Uh, Lashley is in the match. However, he is not the United States champion. That is Austin Theory. But Ah. because of his his, uh, feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, they dropped his name to just Theory. Because clearly anybody who watches the WWE product is an idiot. And we can't have two Austins because why would there be Austin versus Austin? Whatever. So, yes, this is the uh, singles match for the United States Championship. 11 minutes, 5 seconds. Again, Austin Theory, the champion, challenged by Bobby Lashley. The feud has been building for several weeks, including pose downs on the uh, various shows. So they try and, uh, you know, have the the best pose and the crowd cheers and whatnot. And then they attack each other with baby oil. I'm not kidding. Uh, On top of uh, that, they're trying to go after each other and beat each other up and try and get that extra one up over each other. So that's basically the lead up to why this match is is happening. Uh, I chose Bobby Lashley for my pick. I'm a. I'll, I'll stick with Lashley because I'm not a fan of theory. And also, yeah, I I, I understand this whole. Huh. I was gonna say I understand this whole like not wanting to mix up people, but who, who on this planet would mix up Austin Theory? And Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and some of the promos as well leading up to this. I should say. the Austin Theory has had run-ins with John Cena. Including this past week on Monday Night Raw. So it seems as though Austin Theory is going to face... Cena at SummerSlam, which is in 27 days, if I'm doing the math correctly at this uh, late hour. I believe it's the 29th. So take that as you will. Uh, I will give you the option as that piece of information I left out if you would like to keep your pick or if you would like to recant and change. It is totally up to you. I uh, know I've made my prediction, Kidder. I'm sticking with it. Okay. I mean, Perfect. there's a white claw so, on the line. This match. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this this match, as you can imagine, there's really no high spots. Austin Theory is not a good wrestler. His face looks like you want to punch it, and really, he just is 
I don't know. I I don't I don't really have words to describe. It's kind of like nah, I'm, I'm not even going to bring the Miz down. Uh, so really Austin Theory needs to try and do more and and be more and he's one of the people I don't really think should have been brought up from NXT. Why? He's just some douche that has a phone and takes a bunch of selfies, and that's his gimmick, which is done very poorly compared to somebody else who used to be with the company. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, So a couple different spots in the match. Uh, At one point, Lashley almost caught Theory in a fireman's carry, but uh, ended up sending him into the ring post. Austin Theory's body uh, went off of that, hit the floor, and at least momentarily looked like he had a busted-up knee. Uh, Later, Austin Theory used Bobby Lashley's spear off the ropes against him. Everybody thought that was the winning moment of the night. Uh, It was a close two-count. So, uh, of course, who was commentating? I think uh, Pat McAfee was on commentary at that time. And uh, you get the spear, spear, spear. I'm like, it's it's a spear. It's fine. So, turns out Lashley got a one-up through theory into the hurt lock. Got him. In uh, the uh, let me uh, uh, go ahead and and uh, bop this up here. Uh, yes, got him in the submission in the hurt lock. That means your new United States champion is Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's mouth got uh, busted open somehow as well. So when he smiled, half of his teeth were covered in blood. So that had kind of a nice visual, which was really the best part of the match because it was over. Uh, the, uh, other, I mean, Bobby Lashley is very talented and the crowd seems to be getting behind him. Uh, really the fact that he had to wrestle Austin theory brought this match up about 30 credit points from just hearing Austin theory's name. So there's that 11 minutes five seconds for that match yeah um man kidders this is not a match that i'm in the least bit interested in hearing about it um yeah uh i I think you have summed it up as best you can but yeah this isn't a match i'm gonna go looking for or anything like that um i like bobby bobby lashley um and I, I think he's been doing some good work kind of since the with like the hurt locker and such. I wish that faction would have stuck around a little bit. I think that had a lot of legs, but I still think he's doing really pretty well um, with it. So I'm okay there um, in that sense. And as I said, I, you're just not going to get much out of Austin Theory. I just, I don't think he's that good. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the folks who came up through NXT, um, I was hearing about them and their indie careers, and that excited me about them, you know, getting to see them on NXT and their chances. 
And there was some amazing talent who was up through there, and I don't think he was one of them. I mean, when I say amazing talent, you know, I like Owens. I like Alistair Black, who's now Malachi Black over in um, AEW. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. I mean, there's some really great names. Austin Theory, not really one of them and i don't know he hasn't impressed me yet although i did like it when he took austin stunner because that was just ridiculous and it's about the best thing he has done in wwe that's the only thing that he's done that's been good it I, well he, yes he, he topped scott hall for the stunner like that's that's the only thing that uh i have ever enjoyed about austin theory anyway um, the, throughout the show as well, they were filling time with promos to make you go, why, why are you filling with more promos as in the wrestlers promos? <laughs> like there's a, <clears throat> there was a, uh, uh, Roman Reigns Lesnar promo. Like, is this happening tonight? No, it's at SummerSlam. All right. Uh, which Roman Reigns wasn't even at the show or on the show. Just as a uh, an eliminator pro tip for you. Uh, and there were a couple of repeats in the promos as well. And no matches in the kickoff show again. Stupid. I hate it. At least put the <laughs> at least put the intercontinental title on the kickoff show. That's apparently where it's supposed to live. Gosh. Um yeah, it, there seemed like a lot of time wasting on uh, WWE's part. Like they didn't want to end it early. So they had to fill with extra crap. Including a terrible uh Alexa Bliss and the doll promo to like she walk comes back into her dressing room and there's a whole bunch of stuff that had been purchased and she's like what did you do you bought a bunch of stuff how do you have money oh I should have known it's the new WWE venture visa card that you can get I'm like get out of here that Two percent of me had contemplated on getting it, and now it's zero. <laughs> so that that's again what I have to say about that. Uh, let's move on to match number three of seven on the card. A seven minute ten second match. Mm. Tag team or singles? Singles match. Mm. Not for a title. For a title. Mm, for a title. Okay. In fact, uh, on this show, just because uh, you mentioned that, uh, obviously the only two matches that don't have a title on the line are the Money in the Bank uh, matches. Mm -hmm. So all of the others, uh, other matches are for a title of okay. some kind. Uh, so then that's got to be one of the women's titles. So, hmm. Raw or SmackDown? That's what I'm trying to debate. This is where I'm going to screw up. And then, uh, 
you know, like I know Belair's champion on Raw, so I mean, I have a shot there, but I try to remember who's the champion on SmackDown. So it was Charlotte, but Charlotte lost it here recently to mm-hmm. somebody. To whom? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, or if you want to go with the new day, who, who, who? Um, I'm going to just take a shot in the dark that it's uh, the raw one because that gives me more time to stall and maybe think of the SmackDown one. So <laughs> I know Bel Air's okay. champion, so I'm going to say <laughs> Bel Air is in this match. Okay, yes, it is the raw women's championship match. Bianca Belair against Carmella. The reason Carmella is in this is, uh, if you may remember, which you probably don't, Rhea Ripley was supposed to be challenging Bianca for the championship, but ended up with uh, some kind of a brain injury. I don't know what a brain injury uh, entails for her, if it's a concussion or an aneurysm or what. But, yes, she ended up not being medically cleared to wrestle. So, uh, they had a, I guess you could call a fatal five-way match between basically a few of the various people. Uh, It was Carmella, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan. I think there were a couple... uh, there's two, obviously two more. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Carmella ended up uh, squeezing out the victory there. So in this match, I picked Bianca Belair. Your actual choice for this match. Uh, I would also choose uh, Belair because Carmella has not been good since uh, Enzo and Cass left. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Oh, but Howie Blues, now she's married to Corey Graves, and Corey Graves is on commentary, so then he has a whole option and every soaking minute that she's on television to talk about her. It was... I don't miss that part. I don't miss that part at all. That just sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So... Uh, again, let's uh, just get this one going, shall we? <clears throat> Seven minutes, ten seconds. Now, with this one, Bianca Belair has quite the uh, athletic advantage over Carmella, because really, you think about it, Carmella. What what does she do and known for? Maybe a couple cartwheels or doing the moonwalk. Bianca Belair, very athletic was a track runner uh ncaa level collegiate athlete very athletic carmella got a little boost you know a couple years ago and then you know got a new husband so this one was actually competitive it had a lot of high action back and forth decent amount of moves and physical in- intensity, which was again uncommon for, because Carmella is normally not that crazy in the match, right? So, the interesting thing about it, it was 
very different from the previous match, Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. So it was kind of an uptick. It wasn't your go-to-the-bathroom match. So there's that. Uh, really, there was a super kick late that looked really, really dangerous. Bianca Belair went down very, very close to count on that. Belair, the, uh, the standard resiliency there, uh, continued fighting back, ended up hitting the KOD, which, of course, is the kiss of death, and successfully defends the championship there. A couple of the, I guess, highlights. Corey Graves and quote, I'm married to her after Byron Saxton's claimed that the two were associated. Shut up, Saxton. Uh, Belair ended up uh, going with uh, the one long leg and the one short leg which you could associate with either uh, Ruby Soho slash Ruby Riot or Zack Ryder, which was somewhat interesting because, of course, the one leg is all the way down and then the other leg is cut off at the top, but then it's the knee pad down. And I'm like, that, that's bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> side note. Uh, Carmella had Bianca Belair in a submission move and added uh, a couple of the tough kicks to the face, which seemed a little bit uh, interesting for Carmella to do. Graves said, quote, if Carmella wins tonight, we might renew our wedding vows. Triple H told me about a real romantic spot. That one got me because it's obviously the throwback to when Triple H, uh, I guess you could say, drugged stephanie mcmahon and they went through the drive-thru and got married back in the attitude era so yeah anyway uh the other uh thing after carmella lost Corey graves goes what the hell am i supposed to do with an entire case of dom Perignon? i don't know and I think, uh, uh, if I remember right, Saxton goes, oh, may did you keep the receipt? Maybe you can return it. There's something stupid like that. <laughs> like, this is seven minutes, two se ten seconds too long. So, yeah, well, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it was an interesting match. I'm glad to hear that it was competitive. Um. You know, and Carmella has been competitive at times. I mean, she was the first winner of the Women's Money in the Bank uh, match. And she's, she's won had it her, Yeah, she's had her moments. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say she hasn't been real impressive. Like, as late. she's kind of like she earned her spot and has been coasting uh, ever since. So Even the stuff she did with R-Truth back in 2019 into 2020 was hilarious because of course they fired Enzo and Cass. And so she was left high and dry and needed a little bit of a comedic gimmick. The, the stuff that they did really funny and uh, I, I enjoyed. And then they, they even kind of brought that back recently in the 24 seven feud area. So that it's all right. Anyway, 
enough of that. Next match. Men's match. Okay. And you said they were all for titles except for the Money in the Bank match. Yep. So this has got to be a tag team match because we know the Intercontinental title is not on the show. So that means the Usos are involved. Yes. Um, and I'm even going to take a from a card. I, I'm also going to take a guess um, because there's no tag other tag teams in WWE really. Um, oh, it's going to be the Street Profits have got to be their opponents. Hmm. I think this man is reading from a card. He's got cheat sheets. <laughs> uh, nope. My my only card uh, is the score and uh, the opening line from the podcast we recorded last night. That's all I got. Oh, sure. Sure. Yes. Um, it is mostly just hopefully remembering who's got the title. That's all I can say that I'm doing. This magic right. trick is not that impressive if you can at least pull that off but i'm telling you i'm still drawing a blank on who's the women's smackdown champion so hmm. uh, i'm gonna lose one there um all right okay yeah. well this is 23 minutes long i picked the usos to retain over the street profits uh your pick i, I think it's gonna be the usos as well all right so here we go. So uh, this the uh, <clears throat> uh, again the WWE's premium live event. <laughs> oh, <God. clears throat> sorry. Um, this match was probably the best match of the night, hmm. which is nice because you know the Usos they typically put on a good match. The Street Profits, you know, put on a good match. So here we go. It was lengthy. It was somewhat epic at points. It started slow, but then really got going probably 15 minutes into the thing. They essentially uh, started having the, the late falls, near falls, etc. throughout the match. They did a few hot tags. Of course, the Usos tried to single them out, you know, take one of them out and then get the legal man back into the ring, go for the, the, the push and the, the big finishers and try and go for it and get the near fall, right? So this was really good. The the timing of it, fantastic. There's chemistry there. They were telling a story throughout the match. They were really bringing each other to that next level, which I can appreciate, especially with the other somewhat seemingly mediocrity that's going on. Um, you could almost say that there's a little bit of um, anticipation for who would finish the match. The interesting piece that I thought uh, as th three of the four were out of the ring. Normally, they, you know, they do that. The big spot, the flying leap over the top rope is typically, you know, by the commentary table or it's by the, um, the, the ramp, right? 
Montez Ford came flying across the ring from corner to corner diagonally over the ring post and did the spot in the corner outside the ring. I was like, wow, that was cool because I haven't seen that before. I've seen off the top of the turnbuckle and out, but not run and jump, leap over the top of the turnbuckle and take them out. That was that was really good, and I applaud them for that. Now, unfortunately, <clears throat> this one... At this point, I'm going to say that it is the DraftKings screwy finish of the night. Because couple big moves, the finisher, one, two, three. The Usos end up retaining the Unified Tag Team Championships. However, during the replay, you can clearly see that, uh, I believe it was Montez Ford who was pinned, his shoulder was pulled up off the mat for the full three seconds. And, of course, the ref looking directly at it, you know, that it's all scripted, etc., uh, did not call for the break of the pin. So, screwy finish, continuation of the feud, maybe. I will, uh, I will let you think on that, if that's the screwy finish of the night. Sounds like a definitely a good candidate, but the fact that you're kind of waffling on it means that we could possibly have some screwy finishes uh look you know ahead of us as we continue through this uh card. I'm glad to hear that the match is good, but I kind of figured it would be good. Uh the Usos are fantastic, the street profits are fantastic. Uh, and when I made the joke about who's left and good, I mean it's it's them, Street Profits, New Day. And that's about it. So I kind of took a 50-50 when I made my uh, Street Profits guess. Uh, yeah, there's just a lack of tag teams. Um, and unfortunately, you're just kind of getting the best tag teams just constantly going at it. So it doesn't surprise me that this was good. But yeah, I think the Usos are on a run, kind of like Roman Reigns. We're just, this is going to last a while. Buckle up, folks. We're We're in for a ride. Now, here's an interesting piece to add on to all of this, because between the commentary team, they were bringing up Kayla Braxton's backstage interview from SmackDown. Potential dissension with the Street Profits. They were excessively hyping this and talking about how Montez Ford has been working on his physique, and now it seems like the days are numbered for the Street Profits. So, if they split, right? Well, I, I would say that uh, WWE probably sees more value in Montez Ford than Anthony Dawkins. Uh, Anthony Dawkins spent a long time in NXT trying to come up with something, and it wasn't until Street Profits and he was partnered with Montez Ford that he gained any traction. I just don't think he's got the the chops. 
It'd be like when they uh, broke up Otis and Tucker. You haven't heard from Tucker since that breakup. You know, it's just been Otis. I think that'll be what happens here. If the Street Profits break up, uh, you're going to see them keep Montez Ford, and uh, eventually we will be reading off Anthony Dawkins' name on one of those. Today, the WWE cut a bunch of talent, and uh, yeah. Best wishes in your future endeavors. I mean, we can hope that they don't do that because, well, damn it, they need more tag teams and they need more stables. So that match, uh, by the way, was 23 minutes. In case I neglected to mention that. Next match. Hmm. It's a women's match. I was going to say, it's got to be the women's one. Um, I have been racking my brain, Kidder. I can't tell you who the uh, SmackDown Women's Champion is. So I'm thinking back to who was in the Money in the Bank, trying to think who wasn't involved. I, uh, and of talent, caliber, um, Rousey? Ronda? she involved? Don't- don't give a damn about my bad reputation. <laughs> oh. uh, yes, R- Ronda Rousey has been the SmackDown Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. I did not even know she had the title. Did we cover that on the show? Did we? Yeah. Was that was that a paper? She view? won it at uh, like WrestleMania or something. <laughs> no, I, I know she didn't get it at WrestleMania because I lost a point there. Did she pick it up at the Hell in a Cell? Yeah, probably. What one of one of the other live premium events that we skipped through? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So she'd been champion for a little bit. That was a lucky guess on my part. Yeah. How about her competitor? Um, crap. Um. Um. Shayna Baszler. Good try, but no. Oh, <laughs> Natalia. Oh, that was the other one I thought of. So okay. this way and, and uh, with this, Natalia was kind of uh, Ronda's trainer when she came into WWE. They were paired up and et cetera, et cetera, especially with the heart dungeon. And they talked about the, you know, last uh, people who came from the heart dungeon. On and on. Right. So. With that, it's time for this match. Uh, 12 minutes, 30 seconds. I picked Ronda Rousey to retain. Your choice between the two. I'll uh, I'll take Rousey because it's Natalia. She's like the cane of the women's division. Can't <laughs> ever get it done. Yeah. Well, here we go with this one. This one was actually pretty good. Leading up to it, uh, there was a little bit of mind game action going on where Natalia actually dressed up as Ronda Rousey and pushed a stroller out to the ring. That was kind of interesting. Talking about how Natalia has been here for the past uh, 15 years and she didn't uh, take time off to pop out kids. Stuff like that. Uh, This one was highlighting some of the submission holds, which obviously it should, right? Because 
Ronda Rousey submission specialist, UFC experience, and then Natalia. Do I even have to say it? So this one, again, very physical. Going through the match, had a lot of back and forth. So very good in the sense of, again, being physical. I feel that tonight the women really tried to bring more to the table than uh, what they've done in some of the previous pay-per-views where, again, the standard, well, it's the women's match. Let's go to the bathroom, you know, which unfortunately that stigma is still seemingly floating around. So they even referenced uh, Bret Hart and the Hart Dungeon, etc. So they were ending up trading holds back and forth, the submissions, the shots. A couple of them looked pretty, pretty nasty where uh, Natalia went down. <laughs> didn't know if it was going to be the end of the match or not. <clears throat> um, the best thing about it is they started trading holds. And of course, what move was that were, were they putting each other in the sharpshooter, <laughs> right? So kind of crazy going back and forth. And of course, uh, uh, Corey Graves in the team where she can't tap out to that. That's that's her family's signature move. And if she taps out, that's going to be the end of the legacy or whatever. Right. So ended up switching over to an ankle lock. And then Rousey got a hold of Natalia and got the old arm bar in in dramatic fashion to, yes, get the submission on Natalia, making Rousey the retainer of the SmackDown Women's Championship. A um, couple notes. Natalia was uh, on top a lot for the first half of the match. And uh, Rousey did the, the, the sharpshooter of her own and uh, ended up flexing her biceps. Well, she put that in really insulting Natalia. Uh, Natalia also applied the sharpshooter to uh, Rhonda's knee, which had been banged up throughout the match on the ring apron, which was interesting. And then kind of half threw her off the side, but uh, uh, Rhonda was able to reverse it and send Natalia into the ring post. Um, let's see a couple cool, uh, you know, things like the, the sequence that brought about the finish with the different submission moves. And, uh, oh, they, they were calling each other bitch a lot for the first third of the match. And you could hear the rap enough with the language. And then I couldn't hear them say bitch again. Wow. Don't want to tell each other that they or make the story that they hate each other because rar. Other than that, <clears throat> let's see. Question Are money in the bank winner cash in or no? Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I think you'd go after Bel Air before Ron. Rousey. So 
Okay. This is when Liv Morgan runs down to the ring and hands the official the briefcase. <laughs> because Rhonda is standing against the uh, side of the, the ring with her knee all busted up. <clears throat> and uh, Liv... Uh, oh, they also did a backstage um, uh, backstage interview with Liv saying, I'm just really excited to have this, and it's a great opportunity, and WrestleMania seems like a great time, but... Uh, Anywhere that I know I can win, I'm I'm going to take that opportunity. So, you know, they throw the little misdirection at the WrestleMania plug. But, uh, yes, she comes out, smashes Ronda Rousey a couple times, gets her rolled up. One, two, three. That is your sixth match on the card for 35 seconds. And your new SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. You know, I was sitting here trying to figure out what the sixth uh, match was going to be since you said they were all for titles. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that uh, that explains it. And no intercontinental title. I was laying the breadcrumbs for you, trying to yeah. help you. Yeah, yeah, you should have. Uh, you should have maybe asked that instead of does Liv Morgan cash in. You should have said, "Hey, our sixth match for a title." Because <laughs> I would have screwed myself there. But uh, also, since you didn't ask me who wins in the uh, Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match, no points to anybody. We're just gonna throw that one out. And... Correct, because uh, I didn't have that one on the sheet either, and I didn't. Uh write it down but i figured of course that uh, if uh, well i i thought two different ways one typical Liv morgan and vince mcmahon oh she's good the crowd loves her no she can't win <laughs> and then two Liv morgan's got the briefcase she's gonna run out and she's not gonna pull a john cena and lose she is going to get it and that's the way that i was leaning and of course she did so uh, I didn't expect to get uh, a bonus point or any kind of thing with that because I left it off the card anyway. <laughs> so there we go. Now, what's the seventh match on tonight's card? Well, it's got to be the other uh, Money in the Bank match. And I get her. I, I, do know, I, I do know one of the uh, participants because you sent me a text saying he was in. So I'm not going to choose him. That would be an easy. That would be a give me. Um, oh, let's see. We could have... I mean, this one should be easy because you could have folks like McIntyre. You could have Sheamus. Um, Riddle was just going for a championship, so I could see him being in there. Um, yeah, let's go with Riddle since he just went for the championship not that long ago. Makes sense that he would be in Money in the Bank. He might not win it, but I think he'd be in it. Good call. Riddle is in this match. I also chose Matt Riddle because I don't believe in just having the one named characters because you need to add depth to the characters. <sighs> yes. What? I just that just well, it was the depth, but but the but the fact like that's what gives them depth, you know. Oh, we've given him a good character. He's got first and a last name. 
that's backstory right there. <laughs> I mean, it's at least 30% more than what WWE gives their people. Yeah. I mean, Matt. Somebody calls him Matthew. Bro! <laughs> that's not my name, bro. It's Matt. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So... <sighs> this one uh, features, a, as I sent uh, the message, Theory. He was the last minute addition by uh, uh, Pierce, the WWE official, Adam Pierce. Uh, the other participants in this year's Men's Money in the Bank match include Madcap Moss, Omos, does he even need a ladder? He's seven and a half feet tall. Riddle, Sami Zayn, Seth <laughs> Rollins, Sheamus, and the Scottish psychopath, but now the Scottish warrior, because they don't want him to be psychotic, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> this match was 25 minutes, 25 seconds in length. <sighs> Your choice uh, for the official... Uh, did, you, did you choose Riddle? Because then well, I said I chose Riddle. Well, I Riddle was just me trying to pick a participant. Um, okay. For the match. Um, well, Kidder, I need to try and catch up here. Um, so I can't pick the same one. You picked Riddle. If I pick Riddle, then I'm screwed. So I got to pick somebody else. I'm going to choose McIntyre. Solid choice. Drew McIntyre is on fire tonight. <clears throat> so, uh, this one, of course, it's for the briefcase. It's for the title. There's no money in it. Of course not. I don't know why. It's money in the bank. There's no money actually involved in money in the bank. Nor is there a bank. It's, it is a terrible name for this match and for this pay-per-view. You could also call this contract on a pole match. Although there's not really a pole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, after the last minute shenanigans, which earlier, if you remember, I mentioned uh, the uh, DraftKings scree finish of the night. <clears throat> this was a scree beginning of the night, but we don't need to start doing that because that's another thing and we don't need another thing. Uh, as I mentioned, Adam Pierce brought out theory as the eighth participant. So the commentary team ended up reminding us throughout the match that uh, Austin Theory's ability to seize opportunities and do what he can to be the best and this and that on and on and on. Shut the front door. There was a lot of spots in this one. There were some nasty spots. Oh, Moss picked up a ladder and ended up smashing people with it. Uh, two of the other participants grabbed the ladder to try and take Omas out, but Omas grabbed it and then took them out. They're really overhyping Omas, and I think he's just boring. Just yelling at people. Like, it's. He's almost worse than the great Kali. 
Kali could at least try and talk and had some funny moments. Omas is just like, Ugh. whatever. Um, uh, aside from that, well, some big moments in the match. <sighs> Michael Cole talking about how Riddle would love for his mentor. Randy Orton, who's now recovering from injury, you know, would love for him to win the match. And Pat McAfee follow up by theory would love to win this match for himself. Madcap Moss apparently used to shovel driveways in Minnesota. He's from the Minneapolis area, I guess. Uh, McAfee said, Madcap Moss used to shovel driveways in Minnesota. Now he's feet away from grabbing that briefcase. Kind of built a little bit of uh, character to him that nobody knows about. <laughs> Madcap Moss, why is he mad? Why does he have a cap? Is it Mossy? What? Uh, <clears throat> oh, Moss, uh, again, was the powerhouse of the match so everybody ended up burying him underneath a bunch of ladders you know the typical uh like what they did with big show back in the day <laughs> tipping the desk over on top of him ah, i've fallen and i can't get up um yeah sammy Zayn was in the match he spent a lot of it hiding like uh omos was a t-rex and he would stand behind the turnbuckle away from him pretending that he didn't exist. But uh, Madcap Moss ended up powering, power bombing Sami Zayn onto a ladder that looked horrible. Like Sami Zayn could have been busted in half. Uh, also, the uh, five of the competitors, somewhat coached by Seth Rollins, picked up Omos and power bombed him through the announce desk. So that was all right. Uh, it was somewhat reminiscent uh, of the shield days. Cause typically, if you remember uh, Seth Rollins would be the one yelling for like Roman reigns and Dean Ambrose to pick somebody up and power bomb them through the table or a table or something like that. Um, Here's where the screwiness comes in because Sheamus is in the match. They also have a stable with uh, Butch, you know, Pete Dunn and uh, the other guy who I always forget because they're pretty much all insignificant at this point. <clears throat> yeah, you'll you'll probably remember um, soon. Oh, they're the brawling brutes. I just uh, found it in my notes here. <laughs> so Yes, if if uh, I, I had that uh, in front of me here, I'd be able to help you. But here's where the screwy finish potentially comes in again as the candidate and the final decision on if this is the screwy finish or not. But Pete Dunn came running in. He is like a rabid Irishman and needs to beat everybody up at every chance that he can get. And he doesn't know how to speak. So he just ah! he's he's like a, like a chihuahua. So he ended up coming into the ring, getting up the ladder and crawling on top of McIntyre before McIntyre 
is he's trying to grab the briefcase, right? Pete Dunn's on top of him and tries to get him off, off the ladder. Uh, the other part of that is that uh, Seamus was pinned underneath the other front side of that ladder. So Seamus couldn't get out to climb up the other side of the ladder. So that's why Pete Dunn came out. Drew McIntyre ended up shaking him off uh, and then dropping down. Seamus moved the ladder on top of McIntyre and Seamus then tried to climb up. And as he was, I don't know, over halfway up the mat, uh, the ladder, Drew McIntyre power lifted the ladder and shoved it pretty much up and Seamus went flying. Uh, At another point uh, in a few minutes later, uh, Madcap Moss took a couple nasty bumps. One of them where I thought that he snapped his neck. It looked pretty, pretty awful. Uh, The second one where he ended up catching his leg in the ropes. Which, you know, not good for your knees, ankles, feet, hips, etc. So with this one in its 25 minutes and 25 seconds glory, uh, it ended up and uh, Seth Rollins and Riddle got to the top. And of course, they're on either side of the ladder or no, there are two ladders set up. They were on the same side, but on different ladders. I clarify that as I remember this. Riddle grabs Seth Rollins. And in an epic RKO off the top of the ladders, boom, blasts Seth Rollins. That was really cool. That was right before the whole Pete Dunn, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre segment. Then what happens? Well, Riddle ends up getting back up. He's up at the top. He's grabbing the briefcase and he's pulling the top apart. Who shows up? Our buddy, No Name Theory. I say no name because obviously he doesn't have a first name anymore because he has no character or talent. What happens next? Well, they exchange blows back and forth. Theory ends up overpowering uh, our friend Riddle. Riddle goes flying off the top. Theory grabs the briefcase. One, two, three. There's no counting. It's just the ring bell. It's over. So, Shitface Theory is now the money men's money in the bank winner. Everybody's also, uh, you know, saying that uh, Vince McMahon's behind that because McMahon was the one who got him into the match and give him that opportunity after losing the United States title earlier in the night. Also, apparently, after Money in the Bank tonight, because it is in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh... Turns out that Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, Pat McAfee were were at a uh, UFC event that also Tony Khan and Jim Ross were at. It was kind of interesting that they're all at the same event. But uh, 
Pat McAfee was wearing a neck brace, apparently after the show went off the air, uh, which was not uh, obviously televised. Uh, Baron Corbin came out, blasted Pat McAfee with the end of days. Hmm. So Pat McAfee is seen drinking what what looks like uh, straight whiskey and wearing the neck brace. What does that mean? I don't know. But you know what that does mean for us? That's the end of the damn pay-per-view. Oh, live premium event, which if you like the live premium events, you can show it off just like Howard has been doing all night at beerbluesbs.com. That's right, beerbluesbs.com. You can get your very own, very own live premium event apparel from Beer Blues and BS. Howard, say something so then they can see the damn thing. Something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can get your very own premium t-shirt. Kind of like we do the... Uh... We're covering these live premium events. Yeah. Yeah. Very good stuff. Um, we have yeah. glasses. We have stickers. We have a variety of things. The T-shirts, and even though it says premium T-shirt, it can be also put on a sweatshirt if you much prefer a hoodie or something like that. Options available, beerbluesbs.com. Just click the merch button. It's not like Shopwell's. The shirt I'm sporting this evening. That there's a fake supermarket. In case you didn't yep, know what and, that is. And uh Kidder, no, I don't I don't think we need to do a lot of over analysis of this uh live premium event. Um it's mm. money in the bank. It's never a show I leave happy from. Um but I know everybody can see the scoreboard. Uh Kidder. We made a wager at the beginning of this. Um, only a one point difference between the two of us, but there is a difference. Mm. And if you were paying attention when we introduced that last match, you know I was behind. Uh, Kidder, you end up winning the night five to four. Uh, wow. So <clears throat> I guess uh, on the next Beer Blues and BS, which uh, will be episode 68. Uh, for you fans, I'll be drinking this uh, White Claw iced tea with lemon. I mean, maybe it has you know enough lemon to help help kill the taste of the rest of it. But it's a White Claw, so there's no flavor. It's just television static. Yeah. So, sorry, dude. Yep. And on that terrible, disappointing bit of news, uh, Kidder... We've been talking for quite a while. We've already done one cheap plug. Let's finish off with a few more and send the folks home happy. I I know this is the happiest moment of the night because we're done talking about mo- money in the bank. And I got to say, when the show ended, I was like, why did you have to end on this one? You should have ended on Liv Morgan winning the SmackDown women's title. Why? Because it's a high moment. Not some POS thing on top of a ladder taking selfies and then later asking if uh, somebody can help him get the photos off of his phone for him because he doesn't know how to use the Internet, which I'm an adult. and I know how to use the computer. 
or the internet. You can get that shirt and other apparel at beerbluesbs.com if you know how to use the internet and would love to show that off and share it with your friends and family. The other things that are available, beerbluesbs.com, well, it's your home in cyberspace for us here at the Triple B. That's what we affectionately call ourselves. We are also, yes, also available on all of the audio services and on YouTube. So you can catch every episode of Beer, Blues and BS, whether it's one of these wrestling shows that we do, analyzing the show so you don't have to, or just our quality main program, Beer, Blues and BS at BeerBluesBS.com. Yes, we're on YouTube for the video version. We are on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, just to name a couple, including Spotify. That's all on the audio version, and uh, you can get the links at BeerBluesBS.com, or if you have an account on any of those places already, you can just search Beer, Blues, and BS, and please subscribe to us. Please share us. Please like the show because it helps us get in front of more people, more caring people just like you. And we appreciate your patronage of free viewership. Uh, speaking of things that you can do to help the show and support the show, aside from purchasing some of our sweet merchandise, you can buy us a beer. So then Howard can have a tasty beverage like uh, one of these. Or if he really wants to pick up more White Claws, he can do that too. Or you can tell him that he needs to pick up a white cloth. It's your option at beerbluesbs.com. Click buy us a beer. It doesn't have to be just a beer. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to buy us a beer or buy us a round right there on the website. And you can drop uh, your name and uh, some comments in the comments section. And we'll put them up on the screen in the video version. And we'll probably read them out in the audio version as well. Any closing comments, Howard Blues? Um, you know, it, I'm kind of glad I missed this show. Um, <laughs> you're always glad when you don't have to watch money in the bank. <laughs> I, I am always glad when I don't have to watch money in the bank. And now I have wet kidder one more reason to hate money in the bank. And that's because I will have to drink this white claw. Yeah. So sorry, bro. Well, hey, I made I made the challenge. I have to accept my own fate on this. Yeah, I also have to throw since we're talking about wrestling and this show is going to be out in the very, very near future. I have to throw out a bit of shenanigans. At Big D. He sends me a message and his his missus happened to be at a local establishment and in fact, I'm going to pull up the conversation so that I get it a hundred percent correct. So apparently his missus happened to be again at a local establishment in the East Grand Forks area. She asked the server if, uh, she could have something with cherries. Apparently that was the quote. Something with cherries. That was her request. Server brought back an old fashioned. The some bitch had a cherry in it. Big D said to get my life together. You know what? 
He needs to get his life together because no old fashioned needs an old cherry in it. Get that damn cherry out of here. One, two, three. It's over. Done. The old fashioned lives with zero cherry in it. You want a cherry, you get a Manhattan like a real woman or a man. Whatever you want. But not in an old fashioned, damn it. And you can get the old fashioned recipe that Howard made that I suggested. BeerBluesBS.com, maybe on a pint glass, because that's one damn good old-fashioned. You know what I'm saying? A pint glass old-fashioned? That's an old-fashioned. I also replied with this. (laughs) So, anyway, that's enough. I'm done. This show's made me a little crotchety for tonight, and that's enough for any of us. So... For Howard Blues on the other end of this thing, for Big D thinking that cherries are a thing as well, I am the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. Thank you for joining us for this wrestling review of WWE's live premium event, Money in the Bank. As we say on this show, usually just me, keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that, well, shall we say, cash paved money in the bank Tuscan Highway have a great one we'll see you on the next edition of Beer Blues and BS you have been listening to a UA production of Beer Blues and BS if you enjoyed the show help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice thanks for listening and may your glass never be empty UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. Are you able to start or do you want me to start it? Start the recording? Oh, it is recording. Well, I'm on on top of it. I didn't know you could push all 23 of those button clicks that quickly because there's so many pop-ups between when you want to start recording and when it actually lets you record. So uh, I'm mildly amazed. Yeah, I started while you were uh, turning on your lights. Mm. Money in the bank green. The best thing about tonight. I, you know, I was going to do the same, but uh, that meant I would have to find my gel to mm. add that. And I was like, I've already kept Kidder waiting too long. I need to just uh, get down so we can do Money in the Bank and all go to bed at a decent hour. If you had your gels handy, you could it, change it to yellow. You don't have to. We I mean, I can just. I get, they're just. I think in the next room. I gotta get you one of one of these lights, so then you have the color options. <laughs> there you go. Now it's yellow for you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
Just so consider it. So right. consider it. But now I'm going to turn it back to green. <laughs> <laughs> green for go so we can get this over with. <laughs> <All right. laughs>